Hi, welcome to the layman's journey. This week we'll be talking about the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time. I'm your co-host Raphael, and I'm joined always by James. James here. You want to start us off with the antiphon? As for me, in justice I shall behold your face. I shall be filled with the vision of your glory. I really like this antiphon just because in justice I shall behold your face. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a reminder where when we are witnessing true justice, that's we're seeing a part of God. Oh, I like that. That's actually uh, a great way to think about that, actually. And I think it's like, I kind of going off of that is like the idea that when you see like emotions um, or aspects like that being done genuinely, I think that's when we see parts of God, right? Like uh, sincere love, true justice, hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the first reading? I didn't have too much. Um, it's like one of the readings to me, at least that I, it's in my mind. Like I've heard it hundreds of times, <laughs> it seems, you know, mm-hmm. and it's always seemed to be one that just kind of like skirts across the top of my brain and I don't really get too much out of. Um, but I did like the very end. My word shall not return to me void. Mm-hmm. I found that to be very hopeful. Um, because it kind of reminded me that no matter how sketchy the times may seem for humanity or for Christianity, like Jesus came and God said the things he said for a reason. And it's not Hmm. like nothing's, it's not going to all come to bad because of that. Like there's a purpose to it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was drawn to the end as well. Like this idea that um, my word shall not return to me void, but shall do my will. And I think it's, for me, I think, like, especially since we spend, you know, time weekly analyzing the readings, I think it's just like this idea that, like, kind of what you were saying, like things were said for a reason to guide us and to give us purpose. Right. And I think we've noticed this especially in our, like, the last couple like since we started doing this is this idea that like it always seems like it's relevant in some way to what we're talking about uh, or relevant to the times and i think it's it's fascinating that you know it was translated or written in such a way that it, you know its relevancy can be felt throughout the ages yeah yeah definitely it's kind of like as important as context is, there's a part of it that can transcend context, right? Mm-hmm. And we can always find meaning from it. Um, yeah, to me, it was mostly just very encouraging because um, even oh. if I can't see uh, good in the world or around me, um, I know that God's word will do his will achieve the end for which he sent it Mm -hmm. so it just was that reminder of there's a bigger plan that i can't see you know (laughs) yeah Uh, Yeah. you know everything happens for a purpose 
I, I think it's interesting that we, we talk about like everything happening for a purpose and it's like I know for myself is like I like to try to figure out what that purpose means, but that doesn't mean I'll necessarily understand it, right? Until maybe later or, or until something happens. Yeah. For me personally it's always felt like my life goes the best when I treat it like riding a wave. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um not trying to control it, you know? Um but being able to adapt and listen in the situation I'm in. Mm -hmm. And yeah, doing sometimes, you know, you have a feeling you have to do something and you don't know why. But then when you do it later on, it turns out to have been the right decision. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just getting a sense for feeling those kind of calls. Yeah. Um, I think it's something I particularly feel blessed with. Um, I feel like that has helped me a lot in my life. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of giving over that power to God of seeing the end of the tunnel. Like, I don't need to see it. God sees it. I just have to mm -hmm. do what I'm told, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, for sure, I, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, you know, Noah building the boat, the ark. He didn't know why he was building a, a boat in the middle of a desert, but he was doing it because God told him to, and that was enough for him. And I personally try and emulate that as much as I can, where, you know, I listen, and if I know there's something I have to do, then I just, like, I try to do it wholeheartedly, even if I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of spirit is going to get you really far, is like this idea of, like, you know, sometimes we know there are things that we should do, but we, we put it off to the side. But I think you're right, though. It's like, it's like challenging that and then heading straight to it and then just doing it wholeheartedly, right? Um, right. And then trusting in, in, in the Lord that, you know, it, the results may not be seen immediately, but you were doing it for a reason. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, something I continue to work on and I could definitely be better about too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely do feel blessed in that. I at least have a, I, I have, I think a good sense of what I should be doing. And mm -hmm. it's just a matter of getting over myself and getting to work. <laughs> I think that's kind of like a, it's a good segue into the Psalm though. It's like this idea that, um, when we're doing the things we're supposed to be doing, it's kind of like the idea of the seed falling on good ground, right? Like mm -hmm. when you're doing what you need to do, you're going to find that fruitful or bountiful harvest mm -hmm. later on, right? It's like an investment now for your good later. Yeah. As a farmer, I really particularly like this song. It's <laughs> <is> very beautiful. <laughs> the fields are garmented with flocks and the valleys blanketed with grain. They shout and sing for joy. Just seems like the most joyful thing to me. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's like it's when we as humans are open to God's word, then his works flourish in the world, right? Mm. And if we aren't open to his word, then it's harder times in the world. I I kind of linked this with the first reading in a sense. Like I think there's a line that says, "Giving seed to the one who sows," and then here we have the seed that falls on good ground will we will 
yield a fruitful harvest. So kind of like what you're talking about is like, God is giving us these blessings and these tasks, and it's our responsibility to kind of take them where they're supposed to go. And kind of like for what you said as well, is like, as long as we are accomplishing these things, no matter how small they are, they're like fulfilling this grand image or vision that God has for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also that we're all a different piece Mm -hmm. in the big puzzle. Um, To me, at least, you know, it's, we're not all a certain type of crop or whatever. For example, like I could be a piece of corn and you could be a salad, you know, (laughs) right. But, But like we all have, we're all a different seed has been planted in all of us. And we have to try and grow that seed to its fullest potential, right? We've all been given different blessings, mm-hmm. and um, we have to try and nurture those blessings that we've been given. Yeah, that that makes sense. And I think I really like your idea of all of us are important pieces in, in a grander thing, right? Like because we have different skills, different blessings. And I think this kind of, for me, now that you mention it, it's like heavily emphasizing like the importance of everyone, right? And how everyone working together can fulfill something. And it's not about one person being better than others necessarily. It's about everyone working together as a whole. Mm -hmm. And just really trying to, I think it really takes a lot of introspection, right? To figure out what even is my blessing, right? Mm -hmm. That's not easy to figure out. And then even once you do figure out, you have to figure out how to nurture it. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then you might have multiple different blessings probably do. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's, it's a matter of, you know, really trying to think about what, what is your calling? What's your vocation? Um, and how do you best achieve that? Mm. And then I think that kind of goes back to what we've talked about before in prior podcasts. And it's the idea that like, it's that feeling of uncomfortableness and the challenge that you need to face. Right. Cause like you said, introspection is definitely hard. And then once you realize those gifts, it's like, how do you go out into the world, utilize them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any ideas about the second reading then, maybe? Uh, Yes, in fact. (laughs) Um, The second reading to me was kind of a very good reminder of the, well, creation was made subject to futility. This kind of reminded me that um, we're here not to be comfortable. I guess mm-hmm. is is how I would put it. Um, we're we're not here to find the most comfort. We're here to try and get to heaven. Um, and yeah, the end talks about creation groaning in labor pains. And I was thinking about that, and it's like, yeah, I mean, giving birth is obviously not a comfortable or pleasant <coughs> experience, ordeal, right? Yeah, that's how you bring life into this world and this world is how we get to heaven to be with Mm -hmm. god and so 
that kind of being born into God, it makes sense that it wouldn't be comfortable. Um, so it was just kind of like a strengthening reminder to me that it's supposed to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. what we have to do here to get to heaven. And knowing that it's supposed to be uncomfortable makes it easier to bear, at least for me. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'm I'm not supposed to be comfortable all the time. Like, this is how it should be. <laughs> I, for, I think for me, it's like, kind of going off of that, it's like, it's reminded me of like our mortalness, like of how the our mortal flesh holds us back. Um, and I think that what you're saying about how this is a journey or like a labor pain for going to heaven, I think that like, it seems like, you know, creation itself was made with a purpose and that um, as a part of that creation, we're going through that purpose. Um, and like you said, it's it, our, our purpose isn't to be comfortable here on this earth. It's to, you know, <clears throat> watch over it and, like we have dominion over it, but it's our responsibility to watch over it as well. But the, our end goal is heaven, like you said. And I think that, you know, if God wanted to, he, he could have created a perfect universe that doesn't have entropy or decay. But instead we see that at, like, at, at a most fundamental level, um, even as we go through life. Yeah. That kind, of, yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah. And the very last phrase, the redemption of our bodies. Right, it really kind of speaks to what you're just talking about. It's it's our physical form that's holding us captive, as it were, from being mm. fully one with God. Right, and once we're reborn into heaven and our bodies are perfected, that's when we can be in His presence. And so, yeah, just knowing that any of the sufferings we have to deal with in this world are they're fleeting. Mm-hmm. This world is only temporary, right? It's it's not so much about, like, we're going to have infinite time for being comfortable when we're in God's arms in heaven, right? <laughs> I mean, it's okay to be a little uncomfortable for the, you know, 80, 100 years we live on this planet, right? Like, mm-hmm. what what is that compared to in- eternity, right? Um, and I, I, I like the, the kind of the idea is, like, even though we're being held back by our, our mortal bodies and flesh, it's it's like a shaping ground, right? It's like a chance for us to temper ourselves so that when we are in heaven, we can be happy with who we are when we're there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and actually to have another weightlifting analogy, but, you know, it's said that our bodies will be perfected when we get into heaven. And one of the things that motivates me to get more healthy, stronger, more in shape. Here is just kind of like this thought in the back of my head I had one time where it's like, if my body is going to be perfected in heaven, I'm going to be really like ungainly and uncomfortable in that perfected version of my body because it's going to be so different than what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. So while I'm here, I should be trying to get my body as close to that as I can so that it's an easier adjustment. It sounds weird to say that, but that's kind of like a little encouraging thing that has helped me like training and lifting weights and everything. It's just kind of like I'm I'm shooting for this goal of perfection. Mm. You know, that I will never reach, but I, if I get closer to it, it'll be easier. I don't know. 
Um, no, I, I, I can't see that. It's like for me, it's like I've been trying to get into shape, and like every time to motivate myself, I think about it as like you know, even though these mortal bodies are temporary, they're still gifts from God, right? Mm-hmm. Like we should be treating them with respect because they are gifts. Like they are part of the blessing that God has given us for us to enjoy the world. And I think to not take care of them is irresponsible. And like, I think for me, that has been like a a great sense of motivation to like, you know, go for runs to do push-ups or to stretch and just like keep my body healthy. Right. Yeah. And then also just the idea that, you know, your body doesn't just get thrown away when you die. Like it's going to be perfected in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so, because it's something that is eternal, we should have respect for it, right? It's not just our soul. Our body is also a creation of God, and it's going to be perfected and changed, but it'll still be our body, you know? Mm. And so because of that, we should place, I think, a higher respect on it than a lot of society does these days. Mm-hmm. I, I guess like, kind of going off of that idea is like this idea that like, a lot of things we take for granted are blessings from God, right? Like the ability to walk, the ability to see, to hear beautiful music. And I think like we've been talking about like so far this podcast is like, it's like this idea of tempering ourselves, right? Um, preparing ourselves for heaven. Cause like you said, if our bodies are being perfected, we're also probably going to be exposed to, creation in perfection right because like right now we're experiencing creation as it's going through its like labor pains or it's it's subject to the mortality that is life but i think in heaven like we see what perfected creation is and i think to not prepare for ourselves for it either spiritually mentally or physically would be irresponsible yeah yeah i agree and it's that that, that trifecta mentally spiritually physically right it's the three-legged stool all three are important (laughs) if you take one away the stool falls over Mm -hmm. and i it is really easy to get overly focused on one over the other you know um Mm -hmm. when in reality you have to be strong in all three and i i think We've talked about this before, or maybe you've talked about it before, but it's come back to me. It's like this idea that, like, if we want to be examples for others um, about our faith, I think you're right. Is like we should be, you know, mentally, spiritually, and physically, um, uh, like healthy. I guess is, is a way of saying right. Um, if we're going to talk to other people about our faith our spirituality should be in a good place. If we're going to engage people in conversations, we should be mentally in a good space. And then if we want to be examples of good Christian living to others, I think physically we too have to be like, we don't have to be like swole, but like, you know, be fit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not, everybody's not a bodybuilder, right? It comes down to genetics. You can only put on as much muscle as you can put on. Um, But we should all be striving for our best, right? Mm -hmm becoming our our own personal best and you know it doesn't really matter like if you're genetically built to be a marathon runner then do that right that's what you're good at but you're still going to look fit you know mm-hmm. um and another stockier guy that's like a power lifter well he's going to be strong as crap he's still going to look fit you know mm-hmm. and it's about trying to it's another figuring out what your blessings are 
and uh, nurturing those blessings, right? Um, just like we do that, have, we were talking about doing that spiritually, you have to do that physically as well. Mm. Like, I can be assess myself and say, okay, well, I'm not six foot five, and I don't <laughs> have the bone structure to be 400 pounds. So putting a goal for myself as becoming a world's strongest man is unrealistic. Mm. But, you know, I can maybe... I can do other things better, right? You know, yeah. and it's about finding what your predisposition to be good at and nurturing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes for mentally as well, finding what your blessings are, right? Like you might be terrible at math, but a really good linguist. Mm-hmm. And it might be better, more worthwhile for your time to spend, you know, studying linguistics and becoming an expert at that. Mm. It's not to say mathematics isn't an important. I personally am far better at math than I am at language. But you know, <laughs> it's like finding yeah. what you're good at and and nurturing that. And you and we have to do that spiritually, physically and mentally. Mm. And I, I think like like that like the stool analogy you had is it's perfect for this, right? Because like you know the spiritual aspect is the one that gives you the focus and the drive. It's my way of looking at it. And then the mental and the physical are your ways of expressing that to the world, right? Um, spiritually, you're trying to come closer to God. You're trying to get improve yourself for heaven. And then mentally and physically, you're trying to help others around you um, based on whatever your talents may be, right? Like you said, right. um, you just have to figure out what that is. And whenever you know, you're training your talents that's glorifying God because it's it's saying thank you to these gifts you've given me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm putting effort into it, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Do you have thoughts on the gospel? Uh, for me, I... I I, I'm sure I've like I've heard this gospel many a times, but like today, like kind of going through it, reading it, it just it brings to mind how thoughtful and how well like prepared God was when He initiated His plan. Right? Um, he didn't just send His Son down and was like, "All right, you do what you will," right? And things will work out. Like He. It seems like every step of the way, he has an understanding of us that that stems from being our creator. And he addresses that, I think, here, especially because his disciples are saying, hey, why do you speak to them in parables? And then Jesus was, I, to me, saying, it's like, you've already, like, these people have already had the mysteries granted to them, but they didn't you know, hear it before. So I'm going to try to have them think about it and have them, you know, increase their own knowledge and grow upon what they already have instead of trying to tell them something that they might not listen to. It's kind of right. what I got from this. Right. And I mean, as, as a teacher, you know, you probably know that if somebody, if a student comes to you with a question, you don't just hand them the answer. You mm-hmm. give them enough information that they can try to help themselves find the answer themselves, you know? Yeah. And if you can do that, they learn a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of what Jesus is doing here, where if I speak to them in these parables, they have to think about it and come to the truth themselves. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah, I thought it was very cool. I like the end of it where they, it, he explains 
what each of the parts of his parable were. Um, I liked the, the first one. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it. And the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. I kind of feel like that relates to me uh, in, when I was younger quite a lot. Because uh, mm. I was raised Catholic and I was told all of the, you know, the beliefs of the Catholic Church and everything. But it never really sunk in or meant anything to mm -hmm. me. And then as soon as I was pressured, I kind of fell away from my faith. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was just like cool having that, like it just fits so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of the vibe I was getting towards the end of the gospel too. It's like this idea is like people that have been blessed yet ignore God um, because they're comfortable are missing out, right? But then you have those people that are suffering or less fortunate, but their faith continues to grow. Or in fact, it's like multiplied, right? Instead of like running away from it, they chase it further. And I think it's really interesting that, like kind of like what you said is that, you know, it's really easy to take for granted your faith when you, you, you spend your whole life growing up with it. But it was like, I think a part of like doing this podcast with you is for me to dive deeper into the readings that are happening at mass, right? Because I've, I've gone to mass so often. It's, it's, I hate to say it, it's easy for me to kind of just zone out sometimes because I know the parts that I know what to do that I'm missing out on what's really being, I guess, given to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the reasons also why I really enjoy um, going to High Latin Mass when I get the opportunity because the going through the motions that I'm used to, it doesn't happen because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's different to me, you know? And so, you know, I'm following along in the little translation book and there are things that just they they stand out to you more because you're being so much more attentive you know you're mm -hmm. not just going through the motions and saying the words that are memorized in the back of your head you're thinking about why are they there what do they mean you know mm -hmm. I, I think another line from the gospel that really stuck out to me was the seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches chokes the word. And it, it's, it's, I think, it, it, I feel like it relates to me in a sense too. It's like sometimes I hear the word, but like my anxiety or like what's going on in the world makes it really hard for me to kind of follow that. Even though I think in past weeks we've had like reminders of hope, uh, reminders of faith, right? I still sometimes have that hard time because of what's going on in the world. Right. And and I think to me, this stood out a lot because anxiety has never, it's always seemed to me like, you know, uh, more, more of like a personal failing almost. Mm. But this is putting it in the perspective of, no, it's something that is being put in your way to hinder you from getting to God. Like it's not, you feeling anxiety is not your fault. Mm -hmm. you know it's it's part of the evil in the world and it's so it's not something that you should beat yourself up over feeling anxiety or feeling anxious about stuff um but it's something to look at overcoming you know mm -hmm. and 
I think just that slight perspective shift to me made me think about it a lot differently. Um, Cause like, I remember I had some anxiety when I was in college and it was, you know, very debilitating <laughs> Yeah, as, yeah. as, as everybody knows. Um, but it's when you're in that moment, it's so easy to just like beat yourself to the ground. Like mm-hmm. I'm worthless, you know, like, not, and knowing in the back of my head that the anxiety isn't like, I'm not to blame for my own anxiety, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an obstacle and I have to just climb over it. Um, mm-hmm. At least to my, to my mind, that kind of gives me more encouragement. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, there are days where it's just like there. I just feel like there's, there's I'm overwhelmed, you know, and I'm just mm-hmm. like I can, I don't even want to get out of bed. There's so much I have to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just knowing that climbing over that, there's you know greener pastures on the other side. <laughs> and I think uh, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just yeah, not letting it keep us from God. Mm-hmm. And like I was gonna go off the bat by saying like it's just like we have to remember that God is with us to face these anxieties, right? He He is like our things aren't put in our way that we can't overcome or can't handle, right? And I think that doesn't necessarily mean like every time you run to anxiety through sheer force of will, you can get through it yourself. But it's just to know that there are ways that God will support you in getting through it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the fact that it's put right next to the lure of riches. Like, anxiety and lure of riches are the same workings in the world to keep you away from God, right? Mm-hmm. It's either opposite extremes, obviously, but both, I think viewing both as the same, it makes a big difference. Because, like, yeah, lure of riches, every once in a while, you know, it's nice to dream about, oh, it would be cool to have this big fancy stuff but mm. it's never been a real big issue for me you know mm. i struggle way more with motivation than i do with the lure of riches like i don't really care about riches <laughs> no no I... um, but it's it's knowing that everybody has their different trials right and mm. so like just being able to put anxiety as like oh yeah this is something that some people have it's been placed in their life for them to deal with and Mm -hmm. other people might have really bad lure of riches right like Mm -hmm. it it just depends on who you are and i I think kind of what you were saying too about how we have different obstacles in our way right like i think like these are kind of some prime examples that we're being given but like i think anything can become an obstacle or thorns for your Mm -hmm. faith um like you know maybe it's not anxiety or maybe it's like lack of motivation like you were talking about or maybe it's like a fear of failure right there are other things that can get in our way right yeah and it's just yeah i don't know anxiety to me has always seemed like a a personal fault but seeing mm-hmm. it here it's like no it's not <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you know it's like it's it's a it's an obstacle to overcome it's not something wrong with me that i felt anxiety mm-hmm. you know um, so I just thought that was kind of cool. Uh, do you have any other ideas regarding the gospel? Um, not too much. I just 
you know, reading the last line, want to make myself into rich soil. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I get that. I think for me is like, I just, I don't know. I think this is where like the call of monastic, monastic life seems so appealing, right? It's just to kind of sit there and study the word of God and talk about it with your brothers. Yeah, and just like really do a deep dive into that just purely aesthetic lifestyle that's mm -hmm. it is but yeah there's other stuff as well there are other vocations <laughs> yeah no for sure um but yeah i guess besides running away for a monastic life i guess gotta work on our gifts right don't run away if you know it's what you got to do, it's what you got to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as I have found out, running away only makes it take longer. And <laughs> the long way around. End, you're yeah. still going to end up in the same place. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Shall I read the antiphon? Yeah, sounds good. The sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for her young. By your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are they who dwell in your house, forever singing your praise. I really like this because it just is that reminder that our home is not here. Mm -hmm. It's heaven. Our, our home is with God in heaven. And thinking about that perspective makes me less attached to seeking worldly comforts mm -hmm. and it also seems like based on the antiphon it's like god is he he's going to put in the effort to even though this isn't home he's going to try to help us through it for sure mm -hmm. yeah all right um let's end in a prayer as we normally do in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen thank you father for gathering us today as we look at your word and try to enlighten ourselves um, and grow in our faith as we look through them. Today, I would like to pray for um, openings in my heart to become this rich soil for your seed to go into so that I may um, come to know your blessings and be constantly reminded of them as I go through my life. I would like to pray for myself and all my brothers and sisters in Christ um, to have a come to a greater understanding of our own personal blessings and have the courage to overcome the obstacles that are put in our lives. For the prayers that we have spoken out loud and hold within our hearts, we lift them up to you, Lord. Uh, today we're going to do a, a, a prayer about giving it up to God. So, Lord, with a grateful heart, I humbly approach you. Made me, this world, and everything in it. Thank you, Lord, for my life. I'm breathing, and I can praise you. My life may not be what I envisioned, but I'm here, and I'm grateful. Even more, Lord, thank you for thinking of me, for having precious thoughts towards me, and for dying. Thank you for the sacrificial love you have towards me, the love you have shown me, May I love you as you have loved. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.